Welcome to Foresight, the CPA podcast. I'm Neil Morrison. Last season, we looked at how CPAs are helping to drive the shift towards sustainability. We met Janice Tran, who leads a company that transforms excess heat from industrial processes into electricity. And we also met Bettina Pierre-Gills, who helps traditional energy producers add renewables to their operations. They both described the challenges of pitching these new ideas to businesses, but they also hinted at a shift in mindset over the past few years. Companies are opening up to the idea of sustainability, even seeking out expertise in the field. But that was before inflation hit record highs and before people started wringing their hands about a recession. All of a sudden, the economic environment does not feel favorable to risk-taking or trying something new. On our last episode, the CEO of Cirque du Soleil, Stéphane Lefebvre, told us he favors a conservative approach to navigating extreme uncertainty. But what if your whole job revolves around trying to get businesses to shift in a new direction, try new processes, reimagine how they've always done things? That's exactly what Priyanka Lloyd is trying to do. Priyanka Lloyd is the executive director of Green Economy Canada. It's a national nonprofit that helps businesses achieve sustainability targets. And what's keeping her up at night is the importance of hitting those targets, even when the economy is unusually unpredictable. What keeps me up at night is how we can get the 1.2 million businesses in Canada really starting to engage in this work and taking meaningful steps to reduce their emissions and become stronger and more resilient for the future. Okay, I run a small business. It's not particularly CO2 intensive, but it is a small business. Give me your pitch. Give me the green economy pitch. You know, what used to be something that was a nice to have, a feel good piece, do something for the environment really has become a major focus area that businesses need to pay attention to. Um, So the world is changing. Uh, As I said before, we're transitioning now to a net zero future and companies can either choose to be a part of that transition or get left behind. So there's some real cost in action right now for businesses that are not paying attention. We've got things like a carbon price that's set to hit $170 per ton by 2030. And this is going to have some real bottom line impacts for businesses if we don't take steps now to reduce our emissions. On the opportunity side, we know that cutting Carbon can also help save operating costs, which in this economic context with high inflation, you know, every dollar that a business can save is going to be a dollar that they can invest elsewhere. Uh, The next generation, you know, millennials and Gen Z, they're looking to work for values aligned companies. They want to work for purpose beyond a paycheck. And so businesses that adopt sustainable practices can attract and retain this top talent. And then from a customer perspective, we're starting to see, whether it's investors or government, they want to be purchasing from companies that understand their climate risks and are making sure that they have good practices in place. So really, the short of it is that sustainability is just a better way of doing business. And the sooner that businesses get on board with realizing that and making the changes that are needed, the more they can actually benefit from it. Prior to the pandemic, how receptive were people to your pitch? I would say that there are kind of two camps of businesses, some that really do see the writing on the wall and 
know that this is where things need to go. Um, before, I think it used to be a lot more about people being concerned about climate change and feeling like it's the right thing to do. And I think through the pandemic, the need to act on climate change has only increased. So while we've been dealing with a pandemic, we've also seen increased weather events. We've seen the annual conference of the parties that happen each year where global leaders get together to talk about the progress on climate change. We've seen heightened focus on the lack of progress in those places and even more media coverage, I think, around around the need to act. So I think the urgency to address this has grown. And I think prior to the pandemic, some forward-looking businesses could really see that writing on the wall and we're starting to make changes. But I would say that even now, the vast majority of the 1.2 million businesses in Canada are just starting to understand that this is something that they might need to start paying attention to. It's a very new area. It still feels very, really abstract for people. Climate change, greenhouse gas emissions, what are we actually talking about here and how does this relate to my everyday business activities? So there's a huge you know, education gap that I think that we need to fill and businesses are starting to feel pressure on that. I think like just even in this last year, the number of businesses we've talked to that have come to us because their larger business customers, like say a Walmart or Canada Post, is pushing sustainability goals through their supply chain, and they don't understand what do I need to do to kind of meet the goals that are being being set, the requirements mm. that are being asked of me. How do I make sense of this? And so we support them through that. Um, and more and more businesses are going to start to feel that pressure, which is I think is a good thing for them to start taking this more seriously. I wonder if the uncertainty that we're facing makes businesses feel it's an environment where you're not feeling particularly brave and willing to take risks and to try something new. And you are trying to get people to do something new, to change the way they approach their business. So I wonder, has there been a sense where people are pulling back a little bit in the face of this uncertainty? Oh, absolutely. It's a really tough economic climate right now. Costs are really high. Coming out of the pandemic, there's a lot of debt, especially for small businesses. Worker shortages means capacity is really tight for many businesses. So yes, in, in for like, frankly, in terms of the mindshare that people have right now, there's just been a lot that, that we've gone through. So yes, I think for some businesses, it definitely does feel like it is, there is some of that, that pullback that mm -hmm. maybe now is not the time that there's other sort of fires to be putting out. But truthfully for others, like I said, it's actually been a bit more of a doubling down where in light of some of these other things that are happening, it it's an opportune time to make changes. So just one, one very real example of this is through the pandemic, we all got more comfortable working from home. And, you know, we recognized that maybe we didn't need to commute into the office every single day. And transportation makes up 25% of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions. And so if companies, like we could adjust to that and we could get used to reducing the amount of employee commuting or business travel that's expected, that not only has some real wellness benefits for employees that are not in spending their time commuting, it has bottom line impacts for the business and that it's, they're spending less on, on travel costs that they would normally be putting money to. And it has a GHG reduction impact as well. And so I think when you put it in terms like that, you know, it doesn't have to be about addressing climate change. It doesn't have to be about being a good corporate citizen. Viewing your business through a sustainability lens can just help you see opportunities to cut costs or strengthen your workforce. It can actually be a solution to some of these other problems that businesses are facing. They just may not know it yet because this is, you know, new in terms of how they would think about their business. 
it, it sounds like there's been a slight tweaking of the pitch that you make to businesses there, that the pandemic has taught us something new, certainly about remote working. How have you adjusted your pitch now in the face of all the uncertainty that we're facing? Yeah, I think that the other piece around this is that businesses don't need to worry about doing it all, right? That like you can start small and get some wins under your belt and see where that takes you. So I think prior to the pandemic for us, it was really about, you know, we need businesses setting targets and working towards reducing emissions and publicly reporting on their progress. And I think now we're sort of seeing based on where businesses are at and and the time commitment that they have and just even the awareness level that exists right now, how do we turn this into simple bite-sized steps and pieces that feel manageable with the capacity that people have to show them what's possible so that they'd be interested in doing more? One of the businesses in our network, if I can just share kind of a success Please, story there, yeah. there's a great example of a small manufacturer called Veriform out of Cambridge, Ontario. And they started their sustainability journey back in, in 2006. And so the founder, Paul Rack, he had just finished watching An Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth, and his daughter was born that same year. And so he was personally very concerned about climate change and wanted to think about how he could contribute to a better future for his daughter. And his wife is an accountant, and so they, you know, were thinking about how to make some changes to their business that could be values aligned, help address emissions, but also made good financial sense. So they started just testing the waters, and they implemented a suite of 37 projects. It sounds like quite a lot. Yeah. You know, other businesses don't need to implement 37 projects, but they found 37 projects that they could do that paid themselves back in, in six months. And these weren't rocket science projects. These were things like installing a disconnect on the bay door of his plant. What he observed was that four hours out of every day, the bay doors would be left open. So trucks would be backing in and heat would be pouring out because the doors would just be left open. And so he put a switch on the bay door that just turned off the heating when the doors were open and encouraged his staff to you know, be thinking about how to kind of shut the doors and not leave them open for so long. He saved $5,500 off his utility bill in the first month after installing the disconnect. In the first month? In the first month, right? That's crazy. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that people don't believe until you have a chance to kind of try some of these projects and see what the benefits are for your business. That kind of savings spurred them to figure out what they could do further. And fast forward in 2015, they had implemented over 100 projects. They've saved over $2 million while growing their workforce, while doubling their workforce and growing their facility size twice, doubling their facility size. Their maintenance costs have reduced by 43%. And their staff are more engaged. So in like the last decade, he's, you know, when you talk to Paul, he says, we've seen virtually zero turnover. Our staff are more engaged. We get people coming to us asking us about our sustainability work. Veriform is a fantastic case study because they've taken the time to forensically document all of their projects and the cost savings they've had. Paul's wife, the accountant there on board, looking at the bottom line impacts. Veriform is an example of the kind of success that lots of different manufacturers can have if they just start to look at this more deeply for their business. It doesn't have to be about climate change. This is just a better way of doing business. We've talked a lot about businesses facing the uncertainty, but as a not-for-profit, you're also facing that uncertainty. There's the potential of a recession looming. I'm wondering, what's your approach to navigating this uncertain environment that we're in? 
Yeah, thanks for asking that. It's a really tough time, I think, for the nonprofit and charitable sector. We're not a charity per se, but in terms of, you know, general giving and donations and all of those kinds of things, it's been harder. I think for us, figuring out how to strengthen relationships with key partners that can help scale our impact has been a really big focus. So what does that mean? Yeah. So what it means is that let's just take big corporations right now. So a lot of uh, bigger companies are aligning with net zero goals. And as part of them becoming net zero, it's not just about them reducing their own operational footprint. It's also about them engaging the stakeholders in their supply chain and their value chain. And it's really tough to do that, right? Like they they have some sway, but they don't, at the end of the day, they're, they don't have the capacity to be working with all of the businesses in their supply chain to help them figure out how to reduce their carbon footprint, for example. But those businesses need to do that for those larger organizations to meet their net zero goals. And so there's a way for us as Green Economy Canada to form strategic alliances with those kinds of organizations where, you know, there's a mutual interest there. We have the capacity to be able to support the businesses in the value chain to be able to make sustainability a priority. And that helps those bigger organizations reach the goals that they need to meet. And so looking for opportunities like that where we can form these kinds of strategic partnerships and help other organizations reach their goals or use their platform to reach a network of other businesses. For us, that's allowed us to stay resilient and find new opportunities to, to really reach people and maybe access some funding sources that traditionally as nonprofits we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't necessarily go after. And I think like this ability to sort of be nimble that way and look at ways to collaborate and find new ways to kind of bring the work that you're doing to, to new audiences, I think that's the way that organizations like ours stay resilient and frankly can have greater impact overall. It's interesting. You're almost saying what you've been pitching to other businesses, which is that faced with uncertainty, the, the impulse could be towards retrenchment, batten down the hatches, uh, try to be safe. But you're, you're doing something else, which is to go out there and reimagine how you approach things and reimagine your partnerships and to embrace the change that comes with uncertainty. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm putting words into your mouth there. No, those are good words to put in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. I think that's the only way that we all need to figure out how we can stay relevant and how we can weather the uncertainty and collaboration and partnerships are a key part of that, right? We can't, we don't exist in a vacuum and we can't just be on our own. So really understanding like who are our allies, who are our partners, how can we reimagine the space? How can we reimagine our value proposition? What does the market need? How do we need to adapt? Like all of those things that whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit business, we all need to be doing that. I will say that, you know, on the, the government side, it has been nice to see greater investment at the federal level, at least in climate action programs that allows organizations like ours to, to go buy for contracts. So for example, the federal government just recently announced there that we are going to be a policy where by 2035 vehicles sold in Canada, light duty vehicles will be hundred percent zero emission vehicles. And as part of that, there's funding that the government is providing to help get EV charters installed across the country. And so we vied for a contract with the government, Natural Resources Canada, and have become a delivery agent for that funding. So right now, if businesses are interested, they can get 50% back off the cost of installing EV charging stations up to $100,000. 
this funding is available. They can apply through Green Economy Canada's website. And that's one way that we can continue to accelerate the impact that we want to have and getting more action on the ground while also, you know, accessing new revenue streams that might be coming from government as they're trying to advance the, the net zero agenda. And is that a new avenue for you? Again, is that another way that you've, you're sort of managing the uncertainty that we face or changing your Absolutely. approach in the face of things like potential recession? Absolutely. Yeah. Looking at where are the opportunities and what are the skills and capabilities that we have to be able to kind of meet that need. You know, the, the one gap that I would say still exists, and this is true across the nonprofit charitable sector, is that there isn't enough funding right now for capacity building work. So, so much of our sector is about supporting people and trying to fill a need that the market doesn't fill. But so much of the funding is still focused on, you know, specific projects or shiny new initiatives. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to really rethink what we're funding and what transition needs, you know, whether that's supporting transition of businesses to a low carbon economy or tackling homelessness, affordable housing. There's just a lot of different kinds of issues. How we fund this and how we look at long-term impacts and how we can value sort of the interim steps and the work that it takes to get to those quantitative metrics that we all really love. I think that's something that we all need to to revisit and more money, I think, does need to go in that space to value that work. Mm -hmm. Are you optimistic about it or are you... I guess I'm coming back to the question we started with, or is the sort of uncertain waters that we're facing and what that means for you and for green economy, Canada, is that keeping you up at night? I, I feel more positive about the work that we're trying to do than ever before. I think there's so much possibility here for us to for us as an organization, I think, to contribute meaningfully in engaging those 1.2 million businesses across Canada. But I think what I'm really encouraged by is the level of conversations that we've been having over the past year with different partners, be it government, be it the financial sector, other nonprofits. There's a lot of energy and interest in tackling climate change and figuring out how we can, you know, mobilize. At the same time, I think there is a huge knowledge awareness action gap right now that we need to cross as a society. And to the, the point of am I optimistic? Yeah, I think we're going to get there. The question is just how painful the process is mm. going to be. And, you know, I want it to be less painful. There's a lot at stake here. This is not just about any individual or person or business. This is it's to put it bluntly, it's the health and of our planet and it's the ability for us to continue to live in a safe, peaceful, prosperous world. And with all the challenges that we have, you know, climate change is going to exacerbate issues around food and water security, you know, energy, energy crisis, all of those kinds of things if we, it's all interconnected. And so, yeah, I do worry about that a little bit, but at the same time, I think the work that we do day in and day out, it gives me a lot of hope to see different businesses and the work that they're doing when they are engaged and the stakeholders that really want to make this happen. There's a lot of great people working in this space. And I don't know, for any of your listeners there, I think like, you know, the best way that you can kind of contribute is to ask yourself, what is my organization doing? And what's the small step that I can take to get started? And we would love to support them on their journey. Priyanka, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thanks so much, Neil. Priyanka Lloyd is the Executive Director of Green Economy Canada. And that's it for this episode of Foresight, the CPA podcast. On our next episode, we will speak with Chris Dulney. 
He is Chief Digital Data and Innovation Officer at PwC Canada. And Chris describes a recent survey of CEOs that had some very surprising findings. Every year around this time, PwC globally comes out with a survey of the CEOs that we work with. And the results from that are pretty striking. Some of those results tell us that about three quarters of the world CEOs um, are predicting an economic slowdown over the next 12 months. But what I found even more surprising is 40% of them don't believe their businesses will be viable over the next decade. That was Chris Dulney, Chief Digital Data and Innovation Officer at PwC Canada. He's our guest on the next episode of the podcast. I'm still shocked by that number. 40% of CEOs don't think their business will be viable in the next 10 years. It's remarkable. Chris has lots of insights into the role of innovation in times of uncertainty. We had a great conversation. If you like this podcast, please give it five stars and a review, share it, subscribe to it, or follow us on the podcast app of your choice. Foresight, the CPA podcast, is produced for CPA Canada by Podcraft Productions. For more information, visit the link in the show notes. And please note, the views expressed by our guests are theirs alone and not necessarily the views of CPA Canada. I'm Neil Morrison. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.